Hello and welcome to the Good Morning Podcast, a podcast about the untold stories of ordinary people in Australia. I'm Kelly, your host, and this is After Show with Brian Williams, a more lighthearted way of getting to know this week's guest. In After Show, we talk about our Oyeso Ono moment of the week, and we also answer Google's top questions about Perth, and right at the end, talk about which city is better, Perth or Melbourne. There's also been a couple of new exciting developments at the Good Morning Podcast. First of all, I've changed the description of the show at the start of the episode and across all of our channels because I wanted to better reflect what the show is about. I've also started doing Saturday reflections on themes of each week's episode. So if you want to watch that, please go to our Instagram stories on Saturdays to watch it as soon as it goes up, or you can catch it in the highlights or in the Facebook group. You can also watch the last two reflections, which are all about empathy and expectations. All right, let's get to the episode. So we have now got Brian with us, and we're going to be talking about our oh yes or oh no moments of the week. Oh dear. Brian, since you're our guest, do you have one for us? Well, look, it, it's a small one. Um, we've uh, been away from Perth uh, for a week now, and our first, after landing in Melbourne um, last Thursday, we picked up a car at the airport and we drove straight to uh, a little town in uh, West Gippsland, um, Foster. Uh, where we spent uh, a couple of days in the beautiful country, um, the, uh, the the culture in a little town nearby called Fish Creek, and we had a, a very quick cook's tour of uh, uh, Wilson's Promontory. And then on the way back to Melbourne, we stopped at a little town, and I hope I get the pronunciation correct, called Mina Yan, <laughs> and we stopped at a cafe, and uh, I had uh, my very, very best cappuccino of the whole trip so far and we were served by a uh, young lady probably 17 or 18 years of age and I said did you make that uh, cappuccino that I just had and she said that she did and I said well look it's the best one that I've had for a long time <laughs> so uh, that was my uh, I feel that was my good deed so yeah, far of the last week <laughs> I hope so yeah. yeah yeah I think it's always nice to pay waitresses or baristas a compliment if you mm. often get it exactly Show some appreciation mm. yeah well I have an oh no moment this week unfortunately mm. um so you know how in Melbourne we use Mikey cards to yes. travel on public transport and I work in the city once a week nine to five so I'm traveling during the peak hour mm. And, you know, I saw that my Mikey balance was, was, was low, but I didn't top up. And I was traveling home 5 p.m. at Flinders Street Station. There were huge amounts of people. It's yeah. like a tsunami of people heading in. <laughs> um, and my card was in the negative, so it oh, wouldn't no. let me in. And I was standing there at the Mikey thing. And it's just so awkward when everyone's there waiting for you to get through and you just got to try and weasel out of it. <laughs> I felt so bad. I mean, like... It probably didn't really matter to anyone, but I know people get angry about that kind of mm. stuff. Yeah, so it made me feel a bit bad. <laughs> it was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, so the next part yes. is our segment of the show where we answer Google's questions. Oh. And... So we Googled, why is Perth? 
And so the very first question is something interesting I've never thought about. Why is Perth called Perth? I understand that, as with so many, uh, with many of Perth's, uh, sorry, Australia's um, capital cities and other towns, they were named after prominent people or localities in Britain. Right. And that Perth was named after, I believe it was Lord Perth. Now, oh. Perth was a locality in Scotland. Right. But of course, it's a uh, it's an inherited title, mm. as so many uh, so many positions with the English or the British class system are. It's an inherited title. Now, I don't actually know the name of the then Lord Perth when <laughs> Perth was named after him, yeah. but um, obviously Victoria was named after Queen Victoria. Yeah. Melbourne was probably named after Lord Melbourne and. Uh, Brisbane and, and so forth. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. Mm. Well, obviously not surprising now that I think about it, mm. but yeah, mm. yeah. Wow, okay. So the next question is, mm. why is Perth a livable city? Oh, a livable city? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> One, um, cheaper real estate. Uh, the average uh, uh, cost of a, a home in Perth is only about 400 and $50,000, oh whereas in Melbourne it's well over a million dollars, in Sydney it's a million dollars. I uh, should move to Perth. That, that's one, yes, yes, move to Perth, we could do with you in Perth, Kelly. Um, two, the climate, um, yes, summer can be pretty hot, but uh, winter is uh, a mild winter by Melbourne or Hobart or Canberra standards. Mm. Um, What's the lowest you get? Oh, in the mornings, the coldest, winter morning might be one or two degrees mm -hmm. um, but the the coldest day in in winter might be 14 degrees whereas just about oh, every lovely. day in Melbourne is under 14 <laughs> isn't it so much of winter I'm in I'm in shorts anyway oh my gosh. and uh, yeah so it's a very livable climate yes winter winter can be quite wet but with the uh, with the drying and the warming climate uh, Winters aren't as wet as they were when when, when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, you're giving me yet more reasons to, <laughs> to move to Perth. And I think this is related to the third question. Why is Perth so hot? So you said it was pretty hot in in summer. Do you think it's getting hotter? Um, yes, and, yes and no. Um, but uh, yes, look, there's no doubt that some of it's got to do with um, global warming. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Um but the west coast of Australia, or Western Australia is the hottest part of Australia because the, um, if you know anything about meteorology, the, the high pressure systems that um, settle over the whole continent uh, during the summer months, um, they bring uh, northerly and northeasterly winds to Western Australia. And so by the time they hit Western Australia, they've covered so much of the continent and they're picking up heat all along right. the way. And so all these heat waves actually start in the north of Western Australia. Um, the high pressure system expands and covers most of Western Australia. And subsequently they move to the east. And as they move um, east, um, uh, South Australia and uh, Victoria, uh, southern New South Wales and Tasmania, they get the northerly winds, uh, which bring the extreme heat to the south, south coast. And of course, the uh, the perfect um, 
conditions for, for bushfires. Mm. So uh, that's a very simple meteorological explanation. <laughs> Well, thank you for that meteorology lesson. For, for the education, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. And is that also the reason why when you fly from Perth to Melbourne, is it is it going to Perth takes longer than yes. coming to Melbourne? That's because of the jet stream. Right, okay. Yeah. So yeah. nothing to do with the other stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so sometimes a flight from Perth to Melbourne could be as little as two hours, 40 minutes, whereas... Mm. Um, that's when the jet stream might be 300 kilometres per hour. Mm. And so uh, the, the plane and the aircraft is getting a, a piggyback, I suppose you could say. Right. And um, uh, the other day when we flew in, it was nearly three and a quarter hours. So the jet stream clearly wasn't as strong yeah. at the height that the aircraft was uh, cruising at. Yeah. We have another question. Mm. Why is Perth located where it is? I'm very confused by this question. Okay. Um, <laughs> Perth was initially settled with the intention that it would be settled and developed without convict labour. Okay. Adelaide was too. Yeah. But um, uh, conditions were very, very difficult um, in Perth. Uh, development was slow. Uh, settlement was lagging. This is from 1829 um, onwards. And so when the rest of Australia, except for South Australia, uh, did away with the um, shipment of convicts from Britain um, to those colonies, um, Perth or Western Australia in 1850 said to Britain, we need convicts to help develop the, uh, uh, the colony uh, to give an economic impetus slave labour basically for the development of the uh, of the uh, of Perth and Fremantle in, in particular as a result of that it did it gave the uh, colony a, an enormous impetus and convicts were finally uh, stopped in 1868 right. but um, what why why Perth I believe is because um, certainly along the uh, the river floodplains good soil uh, the uh, the British saw that as a good, good, good place for farming, yeah. but of course, um, the uh, farming seasons Britain and Australia were, were six months apart. Yeah, and uh, of course, unlike unlike Britain, uh, with regular rainfall throughout the year, <laughs> uh, Perth's rainfall is mainly May to September, and the summer months are extremely dry, with you know virtually no rain yeah. uh, from uh, October until April or May. Yeah. So it was. Uh, they faced a lot of hardships. Mm. Um, it wasn't really until the 1890s that uh, Perth and Fremantle got benefited from the discovery of gold in, in Kalgoorlie, right? And that really got the the colony going. Yeah, mm. yeah. I isn't there a story how the Dutch actually like discovered? I say in yes. inverted commas first, but they arrived on the western coast and yep. then thought it was terrible. Mm. and left yep. but they didn't get quite far down as Perth right yes they did, oh, um, they did. I think it was uh, Wilhelm de Vlaming 17th century anyway 1600s he actually sailed up the Swan River wow and uh, he was uh, apparently the first European and he and his men to see black swans oh. <laughs> and he also named Rottnest Island yeah. uh, I'm not sure if you're aware but 
basically, he thought that the little creatures, the crockers on the island, were reminiscent of rats in Europe. <laughs> and so, <laughs> rot nest, rat's nest, you see? Oh. So that's the origin of uh, Rot Nest right. Island, um, about 20 kilometres off the yeah. coast of Fremantle. They're much cuter than rats are. Oh, my word, they are. Yeah, <laughs> much cuter, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. Okay, so we have a couple of questions here that I think we've answered already, but I think one question, which I find very interesting, is why is Perth running out of water? Is this a problem? It is. Um, okay, so with the um, warming and drying climate, Perth's rainfall has declined by about 25%. We used to get about um, 870 millimetres a year on average, and now uh, it uh, might be about 650 millimetres, if we're lucky. Mm. So whilst rainfall has declined by 25%, runoff into our dams has declined by about 80%. Right. And um, So is there a drought? It's not so much a drought, it's just what's happening across southern Australia. Rainfall has uh, declined over the last 30 30 to 40 years. Mm. So um, uh, I suppose you could say it's a drought, but a, a permanent drought um, because of the, uh, the change in climate. Um, however, Perth, unlike a lot of places in Australia, has been rather fortunate because all of Perth sits over a giant artesian basin where we have water in the ground. Mm. And so a lot of Perth's domestic water comes from uh, uh, is groundwater. Right. And also, um, but the trouble is, you, you you keep drawing groundwater out of the ground, and eventually the water table falls and falls and falls, and natural bushland starts to die, right? Because the trees, their roots cannot reach the uh, the water any longer. You see, mm. and so uh, we've been very fortunate. We have now have two desalination plants where seawater is uh, desalinated to become uh, potable, drinkable water. Right, okay. So in that respect, Perth is lucky. We can wash our cars. We can, uh, we can uh, water our, our lawns twice a week. Yeah. We don't have the severe restrictions that some cities and towns in Australia do. So yeah. even despite the fact that our dams never fill, when I was a kid, the, the dams would overflow every year. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't happen now. Yeah. And uh, so Perth's been very fortunate in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I always remember because I think Victoria was going through a drought just before I moved. So I moved mm. in twenty fourteen. Mm. It was just coming out of a drought, and there were quite severe water restrictions. You know, like when you could water your garden and everything. Um, I couldn't. I I think we're probably heading back into another period of time where we're probably going to have to do that. Mm. But I can't even imagine. You know, doing people buying water tanks and you know mm. having to take really short showers and everything. Did you ever have to do that in Perth? No. Okay. Coming from Kuching as you did, where there's probably a hundred <laughs> inches of rain a year. Yeah. Rain every been... single day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know one of the biggest things that I noticed was mm. I remember my first year in Bendigo, there was a thunderstorm yeah. and really like loud thunder all night. And I went to school the next day and everyone looked so sleep deprived. And they said, oh, I couldn't sleep last night. It was thundering all night. And I was like, what are you talking about? I slept perfectly fine. You're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is so interesting, just like how much the change difference in climate mm. will affect your personality and like what affects you. Mm. Yeah. All right. We've got one last question. Okay. And... 
this is this is from me, not necessarily from Google. Yeah. But you spend quite a lot of time in Victoria. So what do you think is better, Perth or Melbourne? Oh, Perth. <laughs> Melbourne is a lovely place to visit, as is Victoria. And uh, having spent a couple of days in West Gippsland uh, last week, um, Amanda and I uh, want to come back to see more of West Gippsland, spend more time there. Uh, we also like Melbourne because um, of its history. Um, it is such a different city uh, to Perth. Um, we, we love the history of Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, we love the, uh, the magnificent public buildings, like the Treasury Building, for example, like Parliament House here. Of course, they were built in the time of the uh, 1850s gold rush when uh, Victoria went through an economic boom and there were just these magnificent uh, public buildings like the Town Hall just across the road here mm. in Swanston Street. Uh, magnificent old buildings. We love that. Yeah. Um, not only that, uh, um, there are so many uh, outstanding um, old buildings in Melbourne and Victoria generally. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Does Perth have that as well? Not on a grand scale. If you compared the Melbourne Town Hall with the Perth Town Hall, we look like a poor relation. <laughs> you know, we, we still like the uh, the Perth Town Hall. It, it's uh, considerably smaller and not, not as grand. Yeah. Our Parliament House, for example, um, is made from a stone called Donnybrook stone, I think. Something like that. And um, it's not nearly as grand and as... Um, I guess really that the Victorian Parliament House is overwhelming mm. in its uh, grandeur. Yeah. Uh, you compare that with the um, Parliament House in Sydney, for example. Mm. Melbourne Parliament House has got it all over Sydney, <laughs> and Melburnians would be would let would just love that. Yeah. 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 I think uh, definitely Perth's beautiful beaches and climate would trump Melbourne's any day. I remember when we. Were, our first day in Perth when you came over with the uh, national finalists and uh, you were just dying to go down the beach. I think it was at uh, Cottesloe Beach. We stopped just, just south of Cottesloe Beach and we were up looking down and you just had to go down and put your feet in the sand. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And I think um, mm. there's surprisingly a lot of people who live down on the east coast and never been to Perth mm. um, would highly recommend going every day. You can get dolphins in the rivers. That's right, the dolphins in the Swan River. Yeah. And there are sharks as well. Seriously? Occasionally, yeah. The small ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they're in, since we moved to Perth in 1960, there might have been one attack by a shark on a swimmer in the Swan River, but uh, it wasn't a fatal. It was only a very minor, very minor injury. Oh, okay. So I suffered. Mm. Yeah. The the great white white sharks, the the tiger sharks, the grey nurse sharks. They don't seem to come into the river, which is good. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, I guess I might visit the, mm. the river again. Yeah. You didn't tell me this when we went to the Son River last time. <laughs> Did we uh, take you for a paddle in the river? I can't remember. I think we were there. I don't think we went in. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, look, look, I learned to swim in the Swan River. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier on, uh, the first hot day in October, my mates and I would be 
down in the river having our first swim for the season yeah when the water was still pretty cold after <laughs> winter but no, nothing ever happened to us yeah. yeah all right well thanks brian so much for joining me it's been that's so all right nice kelly to chat to it's you. been nice too yeah 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 and hopefully i'll get to see you in perth sometimes oh yeah yeah Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And thank you so much, Brian, for taking the time out of your trip to Melbourne to record this with me. I am so glad that I managed to share your story, which is a perspective that we haven't heard on the podcast before. If you like what we're making, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with a couple of friends. I would love to get more viewers on board and share these stories of ordinary Australians with them too. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes on wherever you get your podcasts from. Our next episode is out on Monday, where I'll be sharing the story of Keishi Tilak Ramesh. And it's all about diversity and multiculturalism because Keishi is the Victorian Youth Multicultural Commissioner. I also have a super exciting announcement about next week's guest, Keishi. We are going to be holding a live stream of the After Show episode recording on Thursday the 28th of May at 12pm in the Facebook group The Good Morning Podcast. So if you want to join in and ask Keishi who has a wealth of experience about diversity, inclusion and multiculturalism in Victoria, especially for young people please join in, give us your questions by DMing us or posting in the group and I will see you in the Facebook group.